female friendships are the absolute best. Forget the stereotypes that say otherwise. I mean, you've seen it on TV shows like Girlfriends, Sex and the City, and one of my personal favorites, about three best friends who do anything for each other, the bold type. Do not fight us, friend. You will lose. Yeah, because we're your safety net. Yep, you got this. Chances are, you know women who are your safety nets in real life too. I mean, studies even show that having strong female friends is good for mental health. It helps women stay positive, feel more sure of themselves, and have a sense of purpose. But what happens when your girlfriends aren't in the same country or continent as you? How do you navigate long-term friendships when you're thousands of miles apart? Whenever I'm stressed by situations... I find myself wanting to talk to the women in my life who are close to me. But over the past few years, a lot of them have relocated outside Nigeria, where I live, making it more difficult to keep up. I mean, (laughs) I do my best, but I think I'm failing. It's not the same as having them in close proximity. (sighs) So today's guests, Simeon Umayin, a long-distance friendship. They've been best friends since 2015, and even though they haven't seen each other in person since 2019, their connection is as strong as ever. Unlike me, who struggles often, they always find ways to share what's happening in their lives. I don't know that three days will go without hearing hey or how far. Like, even if we don't talk, let's say we are both having a busy week, but on most occasions, we talk at least once a week. That's Ma. She lives in Arizona, in the U.S., and she's currently pursuing a PhD in innovation and global development. So even if we're not able to, like, get on the phone, we just, like, um, we check in, like, send a text, hey, how are you doing? Have a good week. Um, But I also say that, you know, we also never really plan our calls. So sometimes I just check the time. Maybe I'm about to go to bed, and if I think that she's going to be awake, I call her, or in the morning... I think when you were actually in the U.S. the first time, we used to talk when I was, I think sometimes I'll be going to the office and maybe you are like, you're about to go to sleep. And we still do that till now where maybe it's like, I'm I'm dressing up in the morning and she's like about to go to bed. She's also dressing up. So it's very weird, but sometimes we actually like put in the shower and we just put the phone and we are talking. (laughs) So yeah, that's, we just try to like, Oh, let me call this person. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you free now? Let's let's have a quick call, that sort of thing. That's Simi. She's a data analyst in one of the world's biggest payment companies. She lives and works in Amsterdam. As you heard them say, distance has nothing on their friendship. Despite being thousands of kilometers apart, they constantly innovate ways to stay in touch. Yeah, I think something else that was helpful, and I, I don't know whether or not you were intentional about it. Um but is sort of carrying the other person along in the friendships in your life, even when we're apart, right? So a lot of her friends I have never met, but I've had conversations with, right? So it's almost like you're building this other life in this different place, but somehow you're making room for the other person. Yeah, that's true. And we even like follow like each other's friends like on Instagram. Like, which is, yeah. I don't know when she's telling me when she was talking to this person that is my friend. I'm just like, how? How? When are you having this conversation without me? <laughs> but yes, that's very true. That's an interesting method that I'm going to adopt. 
keeping my friends who aren't in the country in the loop with my other friends who are in the country with me. It feels nice, like making room for friends who are far away so they feel like they know the new people in your life. Simi and Mma seem well put together now. They even have tips and tricks to keep them well grounded in each other's lives. But it wasn't always like this. So how did they get there? What compromise did both women make to ensure that their friendship remains rock solid? Hi, my name is Aisha Salahuddin and I like girls. This is a narrative storytelling podcast about African women and the different experiences life throws at us for being women. In today's episode, through the stories of our guests, we learned the importance of a strong support system and how even distance has got nothing on female friendships. To start, let's establish context. Let's go back in time. Let's explore how Simi and Uma got to this point. In 2010, both women got into Bowen University in Ogun State, Western Nigeria. Simi was studying computer science and Uma economics. They had a mutual friend, but they didn't particularly talk to each other. It was mostly just highs and buys. But like, I was indifferent. Like, I didn't have like any thoughts about her. Um, apart from the mutual friend that we had, we largely had very different circles. And I think that was the thing for me. Because even when we sort of got to start interacting, my real issue with her was what I thought about her other friends that she spent a lot of time with. They just weren't my kind of people. That's Ma. As she said, she wasn't really feeling Simi's friends in school. She felt like they didn't share the same values as her. They also had opposite personalities. And as a result, she just assumed that she and Simi wouldn't get along. Simi, on the other hand, thought of Ma vaguely. She knew her as this economic student who used to get really good grades and was dedicated to her books. Wait, at what point did you guys now start, not even necessarily like, oh yeah, she's my friend, but like, at what point did you guys now start interacting more, like maybe talking? Mm. 400 level. Yes. Um, so in 400 level, we were in the same hostel and um, I think we we're like on the same floor. I can't remember how it was, but we, our, our rooms were not very far from each other. So in 2014, their final year in uni, both women found themselves interacting more. They used to hang out in the same room with their mutual friend and one other girl. So, naturally, they found themselves talking more. But it wasn't until after uni, in late 2014, when both women went for this compulsory one-year post-university scheme thing called NYSE, that they became friends. So, NYSE means National Youth Service Corps. It's like a mandatory one-year service for Nigerian graduates. They get posted to different cities to work and meet other Nigerians. And after a year, they get this shiny certificate that says they've served the country. So yeah, during NYSC, Simi and Mma were deployed to Ibadan, Western Nigeria. And they connected more. Remember that in their final year, they often stayed in the same room with their mutual friend and one other girl. Well, all four of them were together in Ibadan too. It felt like this giant girls club. Okay, Simi and Mma naturally grew closer in Ibadan because they were hanging out a lot, especially with the other girls. And after church on Sundays, they would gather at Moin's home. 
Mwini is one of the other girls. Mama had this ritual that she called Sunday Rendezvous, where they would basically sit at the dining area and discuss, you know, break down the subject of the church sermon for the day. So I think me curating those conversations helped me listen to everybody, but more so to her, because I'd never really spoken to her like that before. Right. So if we said, oh, for instance, um, what's your take on cohabiting? Let's say that's the question. Everybody would like take turns to answer. And so paying attention to her responses made me realize that, okay, we think alike um, when it comes to some things and we share values. So, yeah, having those Sunday conversations made Ma realize that contrary to what she thought in uni, she and Simi actually had a lot of shared values and ideologies, especially regarding Christianity. What about you, Simi? What was it about mother? You just were like, oh, this baby is actually, like, I, I like this babe. I would want to hang out more with her. Um, I think, like she mentioned, number one, it was definitely, like, shared values. Um, and I, it was also, like, I, I, I knew that there was, like, a safe space with her. But the safe space is not, like, safe that, oh, she'll take my nonsense. She also used to, like, <laughs> correct me. <laughs> So um, I think in that sense, I I knew like she was someone that even at that time like would hold me accountable, or bring me back to say, oh no, maybe this is not okay or what like yeah. But I just also just enjoyed spending time with her, um, and she could condone a lot of my nonsense. So it was good. <laughs> were there were there specific examples or moments? It doesn't have to be at that NYC point. Maybe after that that really solidified your friendships you know how with friendships is it goes usually goes from we're hanging out we share the same ideologies we're having conversations to this baby is my ride or die so do you have like maybe examples of or an example of a moment that you're like ah no this is my this is my guy for life or whatever hmm. i think for me it was post nyc so after NYC, we all came back to Lagos. She had gotten a job in Lagos. Um, I, I, I told myself I wanted to do fashion. So I was just, so we were both like at that beginning hustling stage. But I think the great thing is that we were both hustling together, but just like in different ways. You know, she was living with somebody. Um, I was also like living with somebody. And it was just like a tough environment. And I think we just sort of, sought comfort in each other in sense of like what we were both going through at that stage and it was just like a bit tough or like because you're at the beginning of your career and it's a bit tough that's Simi and I guess what she's describing those first years after school and in Nigeria after NYSE when you and your friends are trying to figure things out you know your next steps in terms of work paying rent and making money those years are among the hardest years of adulthood both women moved to Lagos after NYSC. Simi was working hard to kickstart and grow her fashion business, Sims by Simi. You know, making, designing, and selling clothes. Uma was working as a risk analyst at an accounting firm. So, the two women held each other down as they went through the motions of work and figuring things out post-university. No doubt, it made them grow closer. Let me play this back, right? So... Is that after NYSC, fresh in the job market, hustling, trying to find your place in the world, blah, blah, blah. And you both yeah. like were able to rely on each other. Um, yeah. for was it what kind of support? Like, give me specifics. Was it like financial support or emotional or everything together? So for me, I think it was largely 
the intangibles, right? Like, I don't know that any of us had money to be sponsoring the other person at the time. Like, I was entry-level KPMG, and he was, like, doing her fashion thing. Um, but I think it was just knowing that this person was on speed dial for anything. And it wasn't just the heavy moments. Let's know. It's not like we're, like, at the time, we were... We're hosting, but we're also all right for like 20, 21 year olds. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I think it was that you had this person on speed dial for whatever. Like if I was stranded and there was somebody to like, like how far? Now here I do, you know, Sydney would be one of those people to call. It's not, you know, like the first person to call. That's Ma. And I think by now we get the gist. They stuck together like glue. At some point, Ma moved in with Simi and a couple of other girls. So they lived together in a three-bedroom apartment between 2017 to 2019. After this very short break, I'll tell you about how both women went from living together to living thousands of kilometers apart. Okay. So, Semi and Ma's friendship continued to grow, right? And as their friendship grew, so did they. In late 2016, Semi decided she wanted to take a break from running her fashion business and take up a career in banking. She started out as a graduate trainee at GTB, one of Nigeria's most popular banks, and later became an information technology business analyst at the bank. In the same year, Ma became a senior employee at KPMG. Then, time passed. And in 2018, Ma decided to take a career break, you know, clear her head and figure out the next steps. She decided to take a trip to the U.S. to rest. And that's when both women found themselves really apart for the first time. Simi says being apart helps them become closer than ever. Yeah, she took a career break and she was just in the U.S. And um, we used to talk like almost every day and we were just like on the phone a lot. And then... She going back to the US for some reason. Long distance just basically worked for us and made us like closer and just like communicate more. Um, I would say that was when things maybe went up to the next level. In that sense. Okay, so it was like maybe having her at a distance. Just you guys were constantly talking more, and I guess if you're talking more to someone like every day, you obviously become closer. Um, was was that? I guess that's the same for you, right? In terms of like your friendship getting to the next level. Um, honestly, I, I feel like for, for me, I was, I was there already, right? I just think mm. that the distance called for intentionality in order to sustain what we had, right? Because mm. most of the big moments that got us to like really connect and be friends, like we're already shown up for each other in several ways prior to that trip. Right. Um, so I don't know that there was any magic per se that happened mm. on that trip. It was just a function of, okay, if you don't call this person, you're going to lose the traction that you've gained. You're going to like, it's just intimacy is a function of frequency and proximity and everything. So I guess somehow we're just more intentional about staying in touch. That makes sense. In order to keep the friendship going, they made sure to stay in touch while Uma was away. I mean, they had to. Uma eventually came back to Lagos. Remember, she was in the US because she was taking a break from her career. She came back and moved back in with Simi, 
It wasn't until August 2019, the following year, that Uma took a much bigger leap. She moved to Washington to study for a master's degree in international development studies. Around the same time, Simi was working as a product specialist with one of Nigeria's biggest payment startups. By this time, the two women kind of had the formula for keeping their friendship rock solid amidst the distance and growth in other parts of their lives. I want to like kind of go the other direction now and talk about like, there's no friendship without conflict, right? And I think one of the magic or superpowers of friendship is like learning how to deal with conflict, forgiving, moving on, that kind of thing. So I want to talk about how you guys deal with like conflicts or arguments in your relationships. And if you can give me like specific examples, that would be nice. Honestly, Uma and I really fight. Um, I think that's the first thing. Because um, I think we have we usually approach everything with a conversation. Mm. To be fair, I would say if there's anyone that's maybe like been more stubborn, it's probably me. Because <laughs> in like in terms of like our relationship, in the sense that you know, Uma will always try to cause like correct to say, maybe you should not do this. But I'm like, mm, okay, I've heard you, but <laughs> I will not do what's on my mind. <laughs> So honestly, we've not ever. I don't. I don't remember any big fights that we've had, which is crazy because we've been friends for like how many years now? Maybe ten years. I don't remember. Simi cannot remember having any major fights with Emma. She says their approach is to communicate as much as possible and talk about the things that bother them before they pile up and morph into arguments or big fights. We always talk about things. So if we don't, if we feel a certain way about something, we just have a conversation. There's no screaming. There's no shouting. It's just honestly constant, clear communication. To be clear, they get annoyed or even irritated with each other sometimes. I mean, they're human. It'd be impossible not to. But they never let these feelings linger for long. Simi says they address things as soon as they can to prevent buried emotions and anger from lingering for long. There's something else that matters. There are seasons when she's doing things that make me uncomfortable, but I try to see things from her perspective or rationalize why that's going on. And so I would maybe not talk about it. Like there are sometimes I'm like, you know, Simi, I was... Maybe when she comes around to say, oh, we'll see what's going on, I'll say, I noticed, but I didn't want to say anything because X, Y, Z, or I was waiting for the right time. Or when that situation is not being the picture, I'm like, come on, let me tell you something. This thing that you've been doing the last two months, how far? Right, you know, that's just how I approach it. I think that timing is everything. And it's it's sort of just kept harmony. I really like that. As much as communication is important in avoiding or clearing up conflict, it's more important to know when to communicate. I like that Mai is empathetic enough to wait till Simi is clear, calm, and in the mood before talking about things. I also like that she gives her friend grace and overlooks some things. Sometimes we have to look at things from the perspective of our friends. Context is important. One thing that is clear is that there's a lot of deliberateness in Simi and Mai's friendship. It's not by chance that they are best friends today. They put in the work to constantly stay in touch to listen to each other's stories, to communicate grievances, to love and to care. It's very well curated, but it isn't hectic. It feels natural. And 
I love it for them. Tell me like your favorite things about each other. <laughs> so like, Simi, what's your favorite thing or what are your favorite things about um, Ma? My favorite thing about Ma, hmm, I think there's so many things for me. Like, I don't think, I don't see Ma as my friend. Ma is my sister, right? Um, she's family to me. Like, Uma is good. I think that's, I think for me, that's like one thing. Like, she's good in the sense that good, like, good, like, as a person. Like, she exemplifies good <laughs> in so many ways for me. Um, I can be a very all-over-the-place person. And I think she's one of the few people that actually grounds me. And she lets me still do all this, my nonsense, and go all over the place. But she's able to, like, observe me even when... I think she even sees things about myself that I don't see because she knows me so well. Mm -hmm. And she's able to say, you're, you're, like, acting out of character. All these things that you're doing, like, I, I think... Like, she's not afraid to call me it's all that. And also, because we're also, like, Christians and we share similar values, we're able to also speak that same language and just bring just bring me back to you know call me to order what well, what about you ma like what are your favorite things about um simi she loves dearly she doesn't know she doesn't know how to sort of like love with half measures um if she loves you you know and you can trust that she would never hurt you intentionally and that's something else that keeps me that has kept our friendship because mm. yeah, we had like a conversation about this recently where like I would hear things outside from like other friends or things happening in other circles. But I'm like, I know this person well enough to know that if you were hurt, she's not aware that you're hurt. If she calls you her friend and you're feeling this way, chances are she has no idea that you're feeling this way. Right? She 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 loves truly. She would never like veil like ulterior mm -hmm. motives. You know, and presenting to you as love or kindness and care, and that's that's something that I um, I appreciate. Simi and Uma had a lot of things to say about each other during our conversation. As they went on and on about what they liked about themselves, it occurred to me that they are very different, yet they complement each other well. For example, Uma is more risk averse compared to Simi. Simi is the type to get an idea in her head and immediately go for it straight into execution. Ma, on the other hand, is a friend that is drawing up pros and cons, filling up Excel sheets, and trying to measure whether or not the idea is worth going for. So, when it comes to big life plans, they're both able to meet each other halfway, with Ma still drawing up pros and cons, but not lingering on them for too long, because she has Simi, who is gingered and ready to get cracking. Ma also has this, you know, serious personality, very different from Simi. So, where Uma is holding on to things tightly, Simi isn't. It helps to create balance when Uma is overanalyzing and Simi is just around to even things out. I have one more question, but it's more about, do you have any fears um, in terms of like your friendships? Like what are you, for example, Simi, what are you worried about the most when you think about like your friendship, even in a longer term with Uma, I guess? I think that I don't know if I'm really worried about anything. I'm just interested to see how things will continue to change because I think another 
parts of life that we've never navigated is us being in like long-term romantic relationships individually and how would that then affect mm. our friendship okay got it Timmy isn't worried about their friendship she's just curious to see how it would change over time particularly in the context of one or the two of them being in a long-term romantic relationship that's a fair thing to be curious about what about ma Honestly, I've never thought about this question before. Like, it has never really occurred to me. Um, but just in this few seconds that I've had to consider, I don't think I have, like, any major fears um, in that sense. I think... Um, it, I feel like we... we oh, the connection that we have or we've built is not... It's not emotional. There's been a lot of choice and intentionality that has gone into it so i don't see why sort of that intentionality cannot like the only thing that can make this not work is if either of us chooses right that it's not going to be working for whatever reason right because we didn't get here by this is not this is not friendship by convenience or because we're in the same we work together or live together whatever i love that their friendship is so sweet and deliberate that they feel like they can walk through pretty much anything. And look, it's not always peaches and roses. Long-distance relationships of any kind have complexities that staying in constant comes with each other cannot fix. Like, if Simi is grieving something or someone, Mma can't be physically present to comfort her. Or if Mma is feeling sick, Simi can't be there to hold her or call an ambulance for her. Some some things will happen. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was having like some health issues a few years ago. Like, I would call and we'll just be on the phone and we'll cry together, whatever, you know. And you know that she, I'm, she's probably not the person I should be calling, right? Because she she can't call nine one one for me. She can't do anything to ease my pain in the real sense, in the physical sense. Um, but knowing that you can, there's there are intangibles that you're getting mm-hmm. from this person. Um, so I feel like if that is a window of sorts into the future, into, you know, the moments that we know will come because life always happened, then we should be fine. Um, but the other thing too that sort of gives me confidence is our shared faith. Um, mm. at the end of the day, I'm not, um, I'm not delusional about the limitations that I have in being able to help her through certain things. But I know that I can pray with her. I know that I can speak the word over her. I know that, you know, that we have this bigger thing that we believe in that I can help you stay connected to even when you can't, right? So that also helps me manage my expectations about what I can do and what I can do and hopefully helps her manage her expectations of me as well. This is an interesting point. You can't always be physically present for your friends when you're so far apart. But you can find ways to make it known that you're there, that you care. Like how Simi stayed on the phone with Uma during her health care and they both just cried together. And how they both prayed together over FaceTime or WhatsApp. If you've been paying attention to the general discourse, chances are you've heard people say things like, Women are women's worst enemies. Men make better friends than women. It's this crazy stereotype that attributes traits like being dramatic, being a gossip, and being problematic to women. And as a result, portrays us as bad friends, especially to one another. I mean, 
many women can attest to this being a lie. And many studies have found it to be connected to misogyny. But hey, it's still a widely known trope that has continued to linger. Simi and Uma are living proof that it's nothing more than a cliche that lacks thought. So I asked them for their thoughts on it. Are women really women's worst enemies? I always say that outside of my family, where I've felt the most love is honestly from women and from like the women mm. in my life. Um, I think they've come true for me in so many ways and also vice versa. But I think there's just this depth of emotion that women are able to feel. They're able to relate deeper with you and they're able to empathize better with you and be more present um, in just like these different situations. That's Simi talking, by the way. So I think for me, um, I've always been a girl's girl any day, any time, from, right from when I was young. I've always had girlfriends. Um, and so I've never, I, I, I've never had the attitude where I would ever think, oh, women are these. Or, I've never had those preconceived notions. Um, and I think I've always, always, I've always been someone who can... I, th- I make my own decisions in the sense that I'm never influenced by whatever people are saying. Like mm-hmm. I take my, I, I make my own decisions by myself. And so for me, honestly, I get pretty annoyed when I hear people say those things like, oh, you know, women are like are not great friends to have, or they're always looking to do these things to each other. I also think some of the people that say these things are pretty not great people themselves, are really not good friends themselves, but they're just not willing to take responsibility for who they are and the role that they are playing in these friendships. Ma also shares similar thoughts on this with Simi. She's not buying the whole women don't support women talk. A lot of time has passed and seasons have changed. Yet, these two women are solid as ever. Like, Ma bagged her master's degree in international development studies in May 2021, took up work and then started her PhD in July 2022. Simi moved from a product role at work to data analysis And in December 2022, she moved to Amsterdam to work as a product data analyst in one of the largest payments companies in the world. They've both witnessed each other's growth and milestones. They've been there for the good and bad moments. And as you've learned from, well, listening, they plan to stick together for as long as they can, long distance or not. My favorite thing about their relationship is how intentional they are about everything checking in, communicating, and resolving conflict. It's deliberate, but not forced. It's sweet. So, just as I was about to wrap up the recording of this episode, Ma mentioned that she wanted to say one final thing. And I think it's a good place to close the curtain. So, I feel like we we talked a lot about the other person and, and just like shared things, friendship things. But I think a lot of it also starts from who you are as a person. Like, you can't place a demand on others that you can't place on yourself. And I feel like if people listen to this conversation and they did not get that back, then they'll just go about trying to implement inspire to perspire type things. And, like, this is not a checklist of communication check, respect check. It's also, like, you have to work on yourself and you have to be honest about where you are and what you can offer. Right? If there are things that you can't do in the friendship, say it. Like, this thing, I, I can't show up for you in this way, but here is how I can show up. Right? And you should be able to 
ask. How, like, if you want to make demands, place demands on your friendships. That's the one thing that took me a while to learn. I really like this because sometimes in our friendships with other women, we always think about what the other person can offer, what they can do for us, and how they can show up. But it's also important to pause and think about what we can do for our friends too. We need to self-reflect and be honest about what we can offer them and how we can show up for them as well. This has worked for Simi and Emma. Personally, it has also worked for me in the relationships that I've managed to keep. So I feel like it would be sort of incomplete to talk about friendships without also thinking about you as an individual and who you want to be and making sure that you're also providing the next person with as much as you're requesting, you know. Um, so my, my point is there, sh- there should be a lot of room for like self-introspection and, you know, if these things should. That makes sense. In relationships of any kind, you have to constantly examine your own thoughts and feelings so you're super aware of how best to be there, to be present for your friends. I picked up a few friendship hacks from these two and I'm going to apply them in my relationships with my girlfriends. I'm rooting for Simi and Uma for their friendship to continue to grow and blossom. In general, I'm rooting for women to open up to female friendships and drop any preconceived stereotypes that they may hold about women-centered friendship. Thank you for listening to this episode of I Like Girls. I Like Girls is produced by 27 Productions. If you'd like to get in touch with us, visit ilikegirls.co. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at ilikegirlsgang. Please rate and review I Like Girls on whatever streaming platform you listen to podcasts on. Rating us helps other people to discover the podcast just like you. This episode is jointly written and produced by me, Aisha Salahuddin, and Olivia Obuagu. Audio engineering is by Dooski, and our theme music is by Banks with a double G. The rest of the music you heard throughout this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. I'll catch you on the next one.